What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Fulfillment Podcast, where we help discover a better you by finding fulfillment in life, relationships, and of course, finance. In this episode, we are doing our very first AMA. I realized I have not recorded one of these before, so uh, put out some questions, put out some feelers on Instagram to see kind of what you guys are thinking, what you guys want to know. And uh, if you guys are actually on my Instagram right now, as I'm recording this, this is a live recording. Check it out. I'm actually live recording this. This is a little sneak peek. If you guys uh, get in here, a lot of good questions, like great questions. If you guys can see that, like awesome job. Um, There may be some that I actually don't get to, but thanks for all the submissions. You guys listen to this when it comes out. It's going to be out on Monday, tomorrow at 12 o'clock mountain time so make sure you guys tune in all right we'll see you then back to recording um i just wanted to make that video to give you guys those of you that follow me those of you that answer the questions and ask the stuff you guys will see that if you guys checked it out on my snapchat or on my instagram um you guys will actually see that kind of clip in there but i just got back from uh snowboarding today so i wanted to get through here kind of see some of the questions see what you guys were asking and get this knocked out. I was actually super excited about it. I came back and I was showering. I was kind of thinking, I'm like, oh man, I wonder if there's going to be any questions, you know, kind of like what people are wondering and stuff, what people want to hear. And uh, there was a surprising amount of really good stuff. I put on there, I didn't want any like political current events. And I thought there were going to be like a bunch of that stuff that I was going to have to uh, ignore and kind of just go without addressing. But actually, I don't think I actually got any of those questions, which is kind of cool. So you guys just asking really good like questions about things that, uh, I don't know, I guess you, you followed and you've understood, you know, kind of some stuff. I put out a little bio kind of quick about who I am, what I do, and uh, I got some good stuff. So let's get into it, okay? I broke them down into some fun and serious ones. So there were a few fun ones out there that I thought were pretty cool. So we'll uh, we'll touch on some of those. And then I wanted to get through some of the more serious like relationships and finance slash business related questions. So let's start out with the fun ones, shall we? Um, okay, so for the first one, what is, and this is this is a kind of cool one, what's your favorite animal and why? Um, mine would definitely be the cheetah. I I don't know why, but I absolutely love the cheetah. I think I've always been somebody when I look at like superheroes or animals or um, like superpowers or anything like that, I've always been the, I want to be like graceful, precise, and like lethal. Like those are the qualities that I look for. So when I think of like um, like samurais and stuff like that. Like I always think of something that's like very swift, agile, and just like powerful, like very, very powerful. So it's almost incredibly like efficient. And I think the cheetah is perfect for that. Like the cheetah is the most graceful creature. It is the fastest, right? That's what it's known for being like the fastest land animal, um, that can just run like insane speeds over 60 miles an hour. Right? So this, this creature is agile. It is quick. It is graceful. It is incredibly lethal, like just an all around, I think, very dominant figure. So I've always kind of liked that. I've always liked that, just being something that's like untouchable. So I've always kind of liked the cheetah. So that's that's a good question. Good one to start off with, right? All right, let's get to number two. Number two, favorite slopes in Colorado? Uh, that's a good question. So I actually was out today. I just came back from Breckenridge, and that's probably like the closest one to where I live. It's about a two-hour drive, so I can kind of get there get there in the morning, do what I uh, snowboard and stuff all day and then come back in the afternoon. I don't have to like stay there and stuff. So it's really close. It's usually got like the best conditions. It's a really big mountain. It's got five different peaks. Uh, so I really like going to Breckenridge. It's probably one of my favorite. Usually when all their terrains open, when all the bulls and stuff are open, 
it's a, it's a massive park and it's really fun. I think when you've got friends, you know, on one place and you're on the other and you're trying to like work your way to them, meet up with them, have lunch, just hang out all day. And you can just like explore the whole mountain. I mean, it'll take a day for you to go from one side all the way to the other and back, which I think is super cool. Like you can't find that anywhere else. And then it has really good, like tree runs too. Like not only does it have good hike to terrain, um, where you can drop in some really cool shoots and stuff, but it's got some really good like tree runs to where they go out and they clear like the underbrush and they give you like a lot of space between the trees and stuff. And usually there's a lot of powder in there. I really like that. So I like the, the tree runs and stuff. Um, other than that, I really like, there's another one too called a basin or Arapaho basin. And that is, if you're like, if you're somebody from Colorado or, I mean, you've got like somebody that, you know, that it's a local, then, uh, most likely you'll either have gone or you'll know about Arapaho basin it's kind of past Keystone. It's up there. Keystone, Loveland, A Basin are all kind of like in the same place. But A Bay is like it's off the beaten path kind of thing. Like it's one of those that's not it's not on any of the passes. It's not on the Epic. It's not on the uh, uh, what is the other one? The Epic. And I'm having a brain brain fart here. But um, oh, the Icon. So it's not on either one of those passes. It's kind of like its own, but it's really really cool. It's got great terrain. Like it's amazing terrain. Real cool Montezuma back bull. Um, all the hike to stuff at a bay is really good and it always has like insane conditions like insane conditions like it's always got like the most snow it's in good shape it's open the longest in the season like really cool mountain so um it's it's smaller though so it doesn't have all like the upgraded lifts and like all the really like powerful stuff that you'll get at like the bigger resorts but it's got that like little tiny like local feel and it's usually like really good stuff like really really cool terrain so i really like a basin too um, so those are like my two favorite. I've been to just about every slope in Colorado with the exception of, I was going through this today, um, without Loveland, Steamboat, Wolf Creek, and, uh, um, what was the other Aspen? I haven't been to those four. So with the exception of those four, my favorite two are Breckenridge and A-Bay. But, uh, but yeah, I, I like that. That's a good one. Um, Okay. Here's another fun one. This will be the last fun one, and then we'll get to some serious ones because I think these are some really good, like, more serious questions. Uh, if you could choose, and this prompted a post that I made the other day, this this specific question. If you could choose one Bible verse to live the rest of your life by, what would it be? And that was actually my younger sister actually asked me that question, and I decided to make a post about it and kind of see what your guys' responses were because I think from that question, you can actually learn a lot about a person. You can learn if they're either like a very basic person and basic understanding, or you can learn if there's some more thoughts, some deeper, you know, kind of like thinking that's gone into the response or like what they're actually living by. So I think that that question like really gives you an in-depth look and kind of lets you dive into somebody's head and see a little bit about like what they're thinking. So if you could choose one Bible verse to live the rest of your life by, what would it be? And I, when she asked me that question, the first thing that came to my mind was there's a quote or not a quote but there's a, a parable and it's Matthew 25 specifically verse 29 but the whole like chapter 25 really talks about it um specifically through verses 14 through like 30 but uh verse 29 the one that's actually like explains exactly the point is those who have much more will be given and they will have an abundance those who have little will lose all that they have. And what that says to me, the power of that quote and what that quote says to me, or what's what that verse says to me, is 
you can't live your life avoiding opportunities that have been given to you. Like I think so many times we live in this false reality, this fake world where we preach all these things and we say we're such a good person and we live all these lies. But in reality, we avoid and we, we dupe out of all these possibilities that are given to us. God gives you talents. He gives you talents. He gives you opportunities. He gives you all of these great things to make use of all the gifts that you've been given. And we squander them, I think, all too often in the name of maintaining comfort and maintaining a status quo and not pushing an envelope, being afraid of like pissing people off. Like we, we hold back and we kind of like keep to ourselves and keep where we are because we're afraid of like pushing the envelope or, or doing these things. And God actually hates that. And I think that's what that verse says to those that have many more will be given and they will have an abundance. Those that have little will lose everything. And what that actual, what the chapter goes through. So verses 14 through 30 talks about the three servants and I should actually look it up. Um, what, the, what it's actually called. I got it right here. Let's see the parable of the talents. That's what it is. So the, the parable of the talents and what that, what he talks about in this, in this parable here is it's the three servants. So that the master goes away. It's as if the master goes away, uh, for work or leaves his estate essentially. And upon leaving his estate, he gives three servants money, essentially his, his fortune, they call them talents, but he gives them talents each according to their own abilities. The first servant, he gives five talents. To the second servant, he gives two talents. And to the last servant, he gives one talent. And he, and he departs. He goes away for his, for his mission or whatever he's being called for. He leaves. And uh, upon returning, he expects you know, the, the talents or whatever it is to be returned. So the, the servants to do something with it and to return, to take care of his estate. Upon returning home, the first servant takes the five talents and he says, Sir, you know, master, here's your talents. Uh, you've given me five and I have produced five more. Here's your 10 talents. And then he looks to the second servant. The second servant says, you know, master, you have given me the two talents and I have produced two more. Here are your talents. And then he looks to the last uh, servant. And the last servant, what he did was he took the one talent that he was given, the, the bag of money. This is the way I look at it, bag of money. He took the last talent and he buried the talent. He protected it because he knew his master was a hard-earned man and would come back for what he was given. So he buried the talent and did nothing with it. So upon the returning of the master, he uncovered the talent and he gave it to his master. He said, Master, I know you're a hard-earned man and you would come for what you've given. So here's the one talent that you gave me. And the master looks at the three and he looks at the first one and he says, Well done, you good and faithful servant. You have done well with what I have entrusted you with. You will rule over many and be given much. He looks at the second servant. He says, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been given much and you have done much with what you have been given. You will rule over many. So essentially saying the same message to this, to the first two, like you have taken what I've given you and you've produced more. You have, you have made use of the talents that I've given you and you have produced more. And then he goes to the last servant and he says, you wicked and evil servant. I have given you talents and opportunity and you have done nothing with it. You've squandered what I have given you. And he takes the talent from the servant and he gives it to the one who has 10. The one that he gave five to and produced five more. He gives it to the one that has 10. And he says, you wicked and faith, or you wicked and evil servant, you have done nothing with the talents that I've given you. 
you will lose everything into everything you lose will go to those who have more. And that's that parable right there, just that whole story, I think is one of the most important to me. It is the most important parable that I've ever read in the entire Bible because it tells me and it shows me two things, really. One, money is not evil. God gives you talents. He gives you opportunities. He gives you capabilities. He gives you all of these things. And for you to sit and squander these, these capabilities, these, these talents, these, these gifts that he's given you, for you to squander them and do nothing with them is such a slap in the face. And God hates that. God hates that people do nothing with the gifts that they are given. They don't give what they have, the capabilities, back to the world because they're afraid to take up these chances, right? They don't want to lose anything. They don't want to do it. They don't do everything that they could. And I think too many people live their entire lives that way out of fear, right? Out of fear of not producing or of not using God's talent so they don't do anything with it, right? They're afraid of like the earthly repercussions of pissing people off or failing or whatever, so they don't do anything with it. And I think God really does hate that. He hates people that squander the gifts that they've been given. But to those that do much, you ever hear people um, say, like, when you get money or when you get wealthy, like, you just get have things given to you? Like, wealthy people have stuff handed to them. They get people, people to give them cars or they give them, you know, like Cristiano Ronaldo gets endorsed for, like, everything under the sun. So he just has stuff given to him. He's a wealthy ass man. Like he doesn't need anything. He can buy anything he wants, but everything is given. He's given Lamborghinis and, and all sorts of just crate Ferraris and stuff like just all sorts of shit that he doesn't need houses and everything. He doesn't need that stuff, but those that have much more will be given and they will live in, they will live in an abundance. He worked his ass off. He took opportunities. He took chances. When he was given the opportunity to try out, he took that opportunity with that team and he made a name for himself and that brought him to the point to where he's at today with the hard work and the ethics and the seizing of the opportunity that he was given. There's probably people that are just as talented as him, but they don't seize the opportunities that they've been given. And as a result, they will have little and what they have will be taken away. So I I just... I. Like, I cannot get behind that parable enough. People say, too, like, I've heard the whole thing, like, Jesus was a socialist. Now, I think this parable right here tells you right now Jesus hates socialism. He hates people that take their shit, bury it, do nothing with it, squander their entire life and everything that they have just in the name of saving themselves or not pissing people off or not pushing the envelope. And then they think that they're supposed to be okay or given everything. Like, absolutely not. Those that do the most, that take the most chances, that take those opportunities and seize them will be the ones that will have everything in the end. Those are the people that make a name for themselves, that do something with their life. Jesus loves those people. And I, that's why I just, I think this is such a powerful parable in the Bible. And that's why it's my, my favorite Bible verse it is my favorite. So it's Matthew 25, 14 through 30, specifically verse 29. So that, that is my favorite um, Bible verse. If I had to live the rest of my life by a single Bible verse, that is the one that I've got written on my goal wall. That's got that's the one I got written like on the fridge. That's the ones in the back of my head. That's the one that my Bible has the uh, the bookmarker to. So everything everything is specifically set to that. So if I had to live the rest of my life to a specific verse, it would be Matthew twenty five, verse twenty nine. So great questions. Good 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 questions. Okay, now. Let's get into some more serious ones, shall we? Um, 
Okay. I, so, so there may be some that I don't totally get to, or maybe I, maybe it's just going to be a really long episode and I'll have to chop it up. But, uh, you guys asked a lot of good stuff and good, good questions. Like ones that I really, I'm looking forward to answering. So let's, uh, let's get started. I'm going to try not to skip anybody, but there, there may be, and I'm not going to call people out. If you, um, if you posted a question and, uh, I, I'm not going to like put names to them and stuff, but if you want, I'd be more than happy to kind of throw it out there, uh, on a post or something, but I'm not going to necessarily call out people specifically on some of these. You'll, you'll recognize your question. Cause I wrote them down just about verbatim from what you wrote them in. But, uh, but yeah, let's, let's just, we'll get into it. So just so you guys know, it's kind of like the format I'm using. Um, okay. So let's see. First one here. Uh, I want to leave my teaching profession what business should you, or would you suggest looking into? Okay. Interesting. So big disclaimer here, guys. Um, well, maybe not. I hate when people do that. I hate when people give like disclaimers and they're like, Oh, I'm not a financial advisor. Like, don't sue me. Like whatever. you guys get that. You know, there's no, there's no secret sauce behind this. I've done financial advising stuff. I, I am not a certified financial advisor, but Jesus like, I'm doing something right. You know, like I would be more than happy to share my expertise and what I've done. So whatever you guys understand, no, no disclaimers here. Uh, okay. So I want to leave my teaching profession. What business would you suggest looking into? Honestly, this is something I kind of get questions like this frequently, but it's, it's not so much like I'm leaving my teaching profession. It's more of what the heck should I do? Um, this is an interesting one. I've had people ask me before, do I, cause like people hear advice and stuff all the time. Do I leave my job before having another job? And I think this is kind of like in that same line, but to answer your question directly, what business would I suggest looking into? So I'm very firm on two types of things. If you guys read, and I talk about books all the time, but if you guys read rich dad, poor dad, one of the biggest concepts that Robert Kiyosaki talks about in that book is he goes through the difference between assets and liabilities. If you've read the book, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. But he talks about assets versus liabilities. The difference is liabilities cost you money and assets make you money. So think about in your life, what are, what are assets, what are liabilities? Assets, your job, right? Your job is an asset. It makes you money. You have to trade time for the money, but it is an asset. Uh, a liability, the biggest example of a liability is like a car or a vehicle. Vehicles depreciate. They don't make you any money. They cost you money. And it doesn't, it doesn't give you anything unless you like rent it out on Toro or something like that. Like now you're kind of using it as an asset, which is a great idea. But just as a plain old car that's sitting in your driveway, right? That's, that's going to be your liability. Um, a house. If you have a house, most people think are assets, which most times they are if used in the right way. But if you're living in the home or if you're renting a place, those are liabilities. Like it's costing you money to live there and it's not making you anything. If it's rented out and it's bringing in an income over its mortgage, then yes. And now you're making money. You're making a cash flow. So, so it is good. But to answer the question, I know I keep like tangenting off, but these are important. Um, what business would I suggest looking into? I recommend, and I'm, I am myself very heavily in this as well, but stick with assets. You need to be looking at things that produce income. You need to be looking at things that make you money. So look at yourself, look at the opportunities, look at the things that are out there and ask yourself, is it an asset or a liability? Am I paying money for this thing or am I going to be creating an income for myself? I personally love real estate. 
I have a lot of real estate. I've built an impressive portfolio. It pays me very handsomely every month. And from that portfolio, I'm able to, to do really whatever I want because of what it does. Now, those are assets. Each one of those are being rented out, right? So each one of those homes are being rented out and they're producing an income. So, so I love real estate. Real estate is a physical asset. I very much believe in physical and digital assets. So some examples. Well, we just did one, right? So a physical asset is real estate. Cool thing about real estate is it's, especially if you're in a good area, it's going to go up in value over time. And if you rent it, it's going to produce you an income. Kind of like people think of stocks, right? You buy equity in a company, you buy shares in a company. How they can produce like dividends. AT&T produces a 7% dividend, right? Which means it like pays you an income, kind of. The thing is, is those dividends don't pay out monthly. They typically pay out very, very, very little compared to what you've got invested. And they're not always consistent. So it's very variable. So I don't totally like being reliant on like dividends it's just it's insane to, to to have like a sustainable lifestyle on like dividends you have to have like millions of dollars invested it's insane right no average person can can do that and not to mention you're investing in a company and you're you're locking that cash away cool thing about real estate is real estate produces you an income typically very high compared to what you put in you can put in a down payment of you know 10 5 three and a half percent if you have via loan zero percent and you can create an income based on what whatever that is. So you put ten thousand dollars in as ten percent of a hundred thousand dollar home, and maybe you're making, you know, a thousand dollars a month on that. That's great. You're gonna pay back that down payment in less than a year. You're gonna make that money back. So like that's an example of real estate. I love real estate. I, I have a good portfolio because of that. So real estate's a very very good reason uh, or a very good example of a physical asset. Um, talking about digital assets. So, right, asset being something that makes you money, digital being not physical. So, an example of a digital asset, I have YouTube channels. I don't personally have my face in them. I don't edit them. I don't produce them. But I pay people to do this. Now, let's say we post two videos a week. I pay $100 every week for, for one of my channels. My team, my editing team, my voiceover artists, uh, my content creation staff, the manager, everybody works together to create these videos and they post them on a schedule and they create a routine and we have this whole system put together. Now, the cool thing is, is when the channel gets to a certain point, what happens is you can start monetizing, which means that companies can start throwing ads in your videos. Now, based on the number of viewers and all that kind of stuff that happens, then you can get paid based on how those ads are viewed. So it starts producing you an income. So a channel will start creating an income. Now, the cool thing about this is people can buy these channels. You can essentially sell these channels down the road after they're producing a certain amount of income, and people will buy them because they're creating an income. Just as people buy investment real estate, they buy investment properties and stuff. The same is true with like this example of a YouTube channel. So you can sell it. You can say, hey, this collection, this portfolio of three YouTube channels creates you $20,000 a month in revenue. I'm willing to sell them for $2.4 million. And people can buy it or not, right? So you can you can literally sell this this digital asset. So it creates you an income, it goes up in value, and you can sell it. So that's why those are those are a couple examples. I'm very a firm believer if you're trying to look at what you should get into, I want you to first look at understanding how to manage money and what that means. Reading a book like Rich Dad Poor Dad, which I highly recommend is going to teach you the difference between assets versus liabilities. And it's going to teach you the idea of building an income, creating an income for yourself. 
If you can't manage 10 bucks or $100 or $1,000, there's no way in hell you're going to be able to manage something like 10000 100000 or a million dollars. So you have to understand finance first. You have to understand your own financial capabilities first. I'm a very, very firm believer in teaching people how to manage money before they start making money because if you don't know how to spend a thousand if you don't know how to manage a thousand dollars take a thousand dollars and use it efficiently to create more money right just like the talents that were given by the master to the servants if you can't create more money with what you've been given then what are you going to do with an even larger amount of money you're probably going to squander that too so you have to understand the finances behind what's going on so when we talk about what business should we look into honestly i think you need to read something like rich dad poor dad And you need to understand the concept of how to manage money, how to manage finances, the difference between assets, liabilities, and why it's so important to understand that and what those look like and then start building those. And maybe start building those before you leave your teaching profession. Use your teaching profession as that launching point to help build these things and to build these businesses so that when you do leave your teaching profession, maybe you're making two, three, four thousand dollars on the side because you've got a nice little real estate portfolio that's bringing in some rent. You know, your cash flowing maybe a thousand bucks there. Maybe you got a YouTube channel that's been going on for a while and you're bringing in some money there. Maybe you've got uh, a solid Instagram following and you're monetizing it. So you're create, you're putting out um, like merchandise or you're putting out you know purchasable courses. You're monetizing somehow your audience and they're paying you money and that asset starts building for you, right? So you can start drawing like a cash flow off it. You can draw an income from it. So think about things that you can do in those regards. Start looking at ways that you can build income. If you just bounce from one income source to the next, right? One job to another, you're always one step away from poverty. You lose that job, you lose your money and you're pretty much broke. So look at ways to build income. How can you buy income? I would definitely encourage that. Um, Digital, physical, assets. If you ask what business should you look into, look into physical assets, businesses that get you around building physical assets and businesses that get you around building digital assets, things that make you money in one way or another. And that'll create create like independence for you too. I I personally I think if you're if you're looking for just a, a standard um, middle class job, just that that's gonna be so much on what you love. I, I you do need to do something that you love. If you don't love what you do, you're going to hate every single second of it. And there's no reason anybody needs to live a life that they absolutely hate. Just there's not, you're going to be so drawn out. I don't care if you're super happy at home. If you've got a beautiful family, a wonderful husband, like all this stuff, if you got all these wonderful things, great, but you're going to be drawn out every single day. You have to wake up, hit that alarm clock, get out of bed and go to work. It's going to drag on you so much. And you're going to live your whole life like that. Nobody wants to live. You don't want to live your whole life regretting every single morning you got to wake up. So think about that when you start talking about it. If you're looking at building a business, look at physical, digital assets, assets, things that make you money. Okay. There's, there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of options out there. I, um, to give you an example of what I do, we talked about YouTube channels. Uh, we talked about real estate. I also have a property management company. So when I buy real estate, my property management company takes over the leases on those properties and rents them out and makes money that way. Um, I also build sales funnels. That's another example of a digital asset, something that has a product that sells it. And, and that's a great opportunity for you too. Um, there's a lot of resources and stuff that a guy named Russell Brunson puts out. He's the creator and co-founder of ClickFunnels. And what it is, it's to be super brief about it is, um, it's, it's a sales funnel. So you, 
Instead of a website having multiple options and multiple products, it's a sales funnel that gives you a single option per what you're looking for. So it's very direct. It, it hits exactly what you're looking for. So it solves the problem. It gives you the product to solve the problem that you're looking to fix. And then it gives you tailored solutions that are along those lines as what they call upsells. So if you go online and you click on something, right, somebody's giving you like a free thing or whatever, then it offers you an upsell or it offers you another product to answer a solution or whatever along those same lines. That's called an upsell. So this is a funnel. It brings you from one step to another, guiding along a process, selling you one product after another that pretty much answers and helps you solve the, the problem that you're trying to fix. So it's a really cool way of tailoring a sales process to specific people. So just, just look at it. There's a lot of opportunities out there, a lot of options out there. Um, but those are, those are good ones if you're looking for like an entrepreneurial journey. But you're, uh, you're really going to have to find something that you love and use that as your, as your launching point. What do I love to do? Okay, let's, let's look for a job or profession along those lines. All right. Okay. That was a really long winded answer, but that's what I'm saying. These are probably going to be like, this is probably going to be a long episode. I'm going to have to chop this up. I'm going to have to. I've got a lot of other questions to get to. There's just no way. So this is going to be like part one or something. I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to keep moving though. So we don't waste any time. Uh, okay. So hopefully that answers your question. Number two, uh, how long did it take you to bounce back from a divorce and how did it affect you? Good question. Okay. No, that's a great question. I love that. Um, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting because I am, and I've learned a lot about all this stuff and this is not anything that I initially knew. This is all stuff like you just, you you know, again, you know how you just figure shit out on the fly. This is definitely one of those things that I've just figured out on the fly. So right now I am 29 years old. I am, uh, I was married at 24. Is that right? Yeah, married at 24, divorced at like 26, 7, I think. And uh, just cr- crazy, right? Crazy experience, wild, wild experience. But what did I take? What did it take me to bounce back from divorce? You want the straight truth and the most simplest one? Being alone. That's it. Being alone was what it took for me to bounce back from a divorce. And it took me a while. It took me right around two and a half, three years to, to really to figure that out. I mean, I'm at a point now where I love being alone and I love like my life and what it's become and where I'm going and like all the possibilities and the opportunity and everything that's like being presented to me. I love all that stuff now, but it's taken me, I kid you not, like three years to get to this point. So it's, it's been a lot. So what did it take me to bounce back from a divorce? It's being alone. And I'm not saying like being single, like getting out and getting around and all that kind of stuff. Not that, that doesn't fix anything inside your head being alone does. And too many people I think rush into one relationship from another and they just, they, they don't address the problems that are going on inside their head. And I think that's one of the biggest problems with our society is we need this instant gratification. We need this instant feedback. We need this instant like avoidance of pain and it doesn't solve the problem. There's too many people. How many people do you know go from one relationship to another, right? I mean, it's just, you're not, you're not doing yourself any favors and you're not doing anybody else any favors if you're doing that. So I like, I'm a huge believer in you got to spend time alone. You really do. I was married in college, so I was single for the most part of my young life, um, into college. And then I like started dating the girl that I married like junior year. I think it was junior, junior, sophomore year. I'm pretty sure it was junior year of college. And, uh, I was with her until we got married and then uh, we were married for two, two and a half years 
before um, before things kind of went sideways. And it was a lot to deal with. She, she ended up meeting somebody else, and that's kind of what broke it off. If you can imagine, you know, obviously reading between the lines what happened. But uh, it, it messed me up. It really did. And it's nothing that I would go back and change because when people go through – a significant trauma when when people it's like 25 or older if you go if you're if you're t- under 25 you can change your mind because you haven't learned enough yet that you have like a definitive thing you don't have enough experience in the world life experience that you've really like made up who you are or made up your mind on a lot of different topics but if you are 25 and older most typically you have your mind made up you've learned enough things and then you've got enough experience that you have an opinion and it's very hard for you to change your mind but what does change your mind is traumatic experience. Traumatic experience will shift you if you're at that point in your life where you've got your mind made up and you think you know so much. Traumatic experience is what's going to change your mind, what's going to shift the way you think about things. And I needed that. I needed, I needed a traumatic experience to slap me around a little and tell me, dude, you're settling. Stop. Like, get serious. And the crazy thing was, is uh, as I went into uh, a a bounce back relationship. I, I, I got right into a relationship within the first six months, right? I started dating again right away within like a month, uh, getting back out there and going on dates and seeing people and like, dude, just the standards, right? were so low because I wasn't comfortable being alone. So the standard was just insanely low. And then I had a meaningless girl that just like changed my world right at the time. I was just totally different, completely shifted what I thought, I was like, holy shit, I can actually love somebody. Like, this is possible. I've never felt this with anyone before. Like, all sorts of shit, right? Just all sorts of stuff. And while that was cool, we were in a relationship for like six months. I learned a lot from it, but I didn't spend time alone. So I really didn't get this experience. And then, of course, after that relationship, I did the same thing again. I repeated the process of immediately get back out on the dating scene, going on dates again. And then I met another girl. And then this one was like she was she was even prettier. Right. She was even better. Like this girl was amazing. But I was not in my headspace and I had not recovered myself to the point where I was okay dating there. And I, I tried and she was great and there was nothing wrong and it was wonderful. But I was not fixed, right? I, me personally did not fix myself. I didn't solve the problems that I needed to. And, uh, and I, I caused her pain. I caused myself pain, right? I didn't do anything like just bad stuff all around. So I got serious at that point. After that breakup, I got serious. And I was like, you know what, if I'm ever going to fix this stuff and I'm ever going to become who I need to be and become that best version of myself, I need to fix this. And I need to be alone. I was like, I just got, I got this calling from God. Like after many prayers, it was, dude, you got to be alone. And, and it's like, not for like a month or two, I'm talking years. Like you got to be alone for years and you really got to just be serious about it. So I started seeing a counselor, started to go to counseling. Uh, I started, you know, obviously meditating and dedicating time to, to myself and to development and reading and just a lot of self like learning and stuff. And, uh, and it, it took me on quite a journey over the last like two years so far. So it's just been wonderful, right? It's been an amazing thing. So it's, it's affected me very positively that divorce has really, really positively impacted my life and just taken me a lot. It, it took a lot. There's a lot of tough lessons learned in there. But if it weren't for that, I'd, I think I'd be living an insanely different life and uh, a totally different group of people and just a different environment. I, I would just have everything told. I wouldn't be doing, I, I can almost guarantee I would not have a podcast and I would not be talking about these kind of things. So if I anyway 
have affected you in the podcast or if you've been on Instagram, you've been searching my like content and you've been following me and that's like affected you in any way, like these things wouldn't exist. I can guarantee if I didn't have that divorce happen, if that didn't happen in my life. So God intervened. He gave me what I needed. He brought me to my knees and he, he woke me up, slapped me around a little and woke me up. And it's been nothing but up since. And I love it. I love every second of it. So hopefully that answers your question. Um, let's get to the next one. I had 20 years of business success, then got sick and went death. How do I snap back? Oh my, that, uh, dang, that's intense. So I guess that would make the podcast hard, but if somehow you can listen to this, I think this is a pretty, uh, pretty deep question. And I like that. I like that a lot. 20 years of success, business success, and then got sick and went death. How do I snap back? I mean, there is so much power in who you surround yourself with and the environment you surround yourself with. Being around people that bring you up, bring positivity to your life, help you focus on the good things in life, all of that kind of stuff, just game change, right? It can completely transform your life. I know just from me, having the mentors that I have and the, the life experience that I have and the people that I surround myself with right now, are, are doing that same thing for me, just changing my life and bringing me to a whole new scope of where I'm at. If you can do that, right, you being able to surround yourself with positivity. And, and that may not, like, there was a time where I was even very, very alone, just very alone. And it's not like nobody wanted to reach out. It's just I, I wanted to be alone. I wanted to learn these things on my own. And that brings you to a different level of, like, discovery. I mean, there's that, uh, that saying, you survived 100% of your worst days. How true is that, right? That's so true. Listen to how true that is. You've survived 100% of your worst days, and that's that's awesome. As long as you don't give up and you keep going and you keep improving, you keep doing better, you're going to you're going to get out of it and you're going to come through it. As long as you don't give up. As long as you don't give up. And that's true with anything. That's true in relationships, that's true in business, that's true in anything, right? So, keeping yourself focused on the positivity and becoming at peace. I think there's so much power in we get so it's called attachment to outcome. We get attached to the outcome we expect. We expect dates to go well. We expect job interviews to go well. We expect our lives to go a certain way. And when they don't do that, it brings sadness and anger to us. It's almost like we create these things. We create these emotions of sadness and anger and failure and defeat. We create this stuff in our own heads because we manifest this attachment that we have to the way these things are supposed to go to the way these relationships are supposed to go i was i was so defeated when i was going through the divorce or that that relationship following the divorce i was i was in such a low place because i created an expectation in my head of the way that those were those relationships were supposed to go and they didn't end up going that way nothing ever ends up going the way that you plan it there's a saying in the army and no good plan ever survives first contact means as soon as you start getting shot at, the whole plan's out the window because everything changes. Just everything changes. Never goes according to plan. So the same thing is true in everything that happens to us, right? Nothing goes according to plan. So if we're sitting here creating these expectations that we have of our life and the way that we think things are supposed to go and then they don't go that way, we have this like defeatist attitude. We feel defeated. We feel beat. We feel... Uh, sad and angry and you know just we have all these negative emotions that that negatively impact us and affect us and when you think about that 
when we think about like getting sick and ending up deaf, like maybe these are things that are supposed to propel you and help you connect with a new audience. Like I'm connecting with people that, that need help going through a divorce, recovering from a divorce, clearing their head in a relationship, going through a breakup. Right. And I wouldn't have, I don't think I would have this experience if I didn't go through the divorce myself and have these incredible relationships end up in breakups and, and have to go through an incredibly low time. If I didn't have to go through this, like I'm, guys, I'm telling you, spent nights like crying in the shower, mornings crying in the showers. Like there's times at work after I went through the, uh, the, that breakup right after the divorce where I would go into work and, uh, the army and I had PT, which is physical training. You do your workouts and your runs and stuff in the morning and then you change and you go back to work. Well, I would, I was in command at the time, so I didn't have a lot of time to like change. So I would bring my clothes. So after workouts, I would essentially jump in the shower, change, and then start work right away. And there would be mornings where at work, I would like sneak away to these showers that like nobody ever used. They were not in good shape and they were gross, but I was alone and nobody ever, nobody ever came to where I was. And I would sit in the shower and just like cry, cry. So to give you guys some real like vulnerable shit there, like I was in a rough spot. I was in a really, really tough spot to the point where you're like questioning everything, right? Questioning everything, angry at the world. And it's given me the credibility that I need to be able to talk to certain people that are going through these same experiences. So maybe these things that have happened to you, instead of these being like conditions or effects of things that you feel are, are negative to you, maybe there are things that are going to give you the rapport and the connection that you need to be able to talk to people and to be able to connect with a certain type of audience that maybe is going through the same thing that happened to you. And you can help talk them through it. You can help bring them through it. You don't have to be an expert. I, I'm, I don't even know what expert means in this category. Like the relationship stuff, all I do is I, I help people understand where I came from, the story, the, the credibility that I have. I explain that to them, connect with them, and then help bring their story around full circle the same way I did and just help them with the ways that I connected and got through things because all people are looking for is a connection and help. They don't care, right? They just, they want the help. They want to ease their heart. They want to ease their soul. They want to solve something that is happening to them. And maybe this is the connection that you need to be able to do that same thing for other people, to create a following. There's, there's more, if, if it's happened to you, then it's happened to a hundred other people. If one person's asking, there's a hundred other people that are asking the same thing, right? There's that, that law that there's, if it's one time, if you're seeing it once, there are a million other people that are wondering and asking that same thing. You're just seeing it once. So take that, right? Take that opportunity to do good in the world and to help people positively, positive with positivity boy words um but yeah i mean i know it sounds like shitty and it sucks but right maybe you've got a lot of experience 20 years of business success like that's awesome that's a lot of success 20 years that's a really long time you've got a lot of things maybe you can help that community that's gone through the same sickness and ended up with being deaf the same way you did and you can help them Go through it, recover through it the same way you did. Find positivity, stay in a good state of mind. Find people to stick around and to use as mentors in your life to create a positive environment and get out there and just crush it. 
recover, bounce back, and just crush it, right? Accept the things that happen. Don't get attached to the outcome that your life has to have. You think your life has to be this perfect life where you never got sick and you never went deaf and you never experienced these bad things. But guess what? Don't get attached to that. Let it go. Accept that it's happening. Breathe deep breaths. Understand it's happened. Accept that. Bring that into your reality and find these new things that can happen. Find the ways that you can, you can push through it and you can do good and help other people realize that same thing. We get attached to the outcome. We get attached to the way we think our life's supposed to be. We get attached to the things that are supposed that we think are supposed to happen to us. And when they don't go that way, we get pissed off and we get angry, upset, right? So maybe there's not any like snapping back. Maybe it's just a realization and a recognition that what's happened to you is a great thing. And it's allowed you to help so many other people. So use that to your benefit. I'll have to I'll have to text and, and respond to that one. Um, I'll have to respond to you, uh, a text, text response back. So you can actually like read something. So I, I would feel bad, but hopefully for all of you that can hear, um, that, that this is good and, and helps you guys understand. Cause I mean, that's a realization that I had to come to is understanding that we get attached to the way things got to go. We got attached to the way business has to work out. We get attached to the way that relationships have to work out. And when they don't go that way, we get super pissed off. But really in reality, we just manifested that anger. We, we manifested all of that stuff ourselves. Like these relationships don't have to work out. It's okay. Don't get attached to it. If it does, great. But don't get attached to the outcome that you're creating for yourself because you're just manifesting your own anger. You're creating this, this negative outcome because it's never going to the way, it's never going to go the way that we expect. God's got his plan. God, the universe and God have their, their own plan that's going to play out. And it's going to play out for the best, for the better. You just have to recognize it and implement it. All right. So, guys, I had to cut this episode up because <laughs> there was a lot. I, like, I didn't know the approach to take on this if I was going to take, like, dive way into all the episodes and give, like, super in-depth answers and stuff or just, like, surface level, knock it out in 45 minutes and then be, like, done. Um, but there, there was so much, like, good stuff. And I think you guys really genuinely, like, had good questions. So I ended up just making it, like, a full-length thing. It ended up being, like, two and a half hours long. So I had to chop it up into three different episodes. So what I did was I'm going to chop this one up here. This is the this is going to be the end of the part one. So go check out part two right after that or right after this. And you guys are going to get like the next piece. So if you guys, if you, if you're somebody that asked one of the questions and you didn't hear one of your questions answered in this episode, don't worry. It's, it's okay. It, it's, it's still in here. I got to most of the questions, um, at least like the, the really, really good ones. I, I got to most of the questions for you guys. So if it's not in this episode, make sure you guys go back and check out part two. And then after part two, check out part three and, and you'll get them in there. I did kind of answer them in the order in which, uh, you guys ended up submitting them. So if you go through and, and you, you kind of like responded late in the hour, or if you responded pretty early, then you'll kind of know, uh, where your question's at kind of like in that regard, but you guys had like really good stuff. And I just wanted to make sure I went through, touched on everything. And I did a little bit more than touching on it. If you guys can tell, in this episode, I, I dove pretty in deep, pretty deep in depth on a lot of them. And I love that. I really do. I really appreciate like just the level of intensity you guys gave. So I wanted to make sure that I can give that back and give you guys the same value that you're providing to me and hopefully do the same thing for other people, right? Because if one person's asking, chances are there's a million other people that have the same question out there. And someday this is going to become a big show. Um, thanks to you guys, you know, sharing the episodes and, and getting the word out and stuff. This, this is going to be a show at some point. And when it does get to that point, I want to make sure there's a lot of content and there's a lot of value provided to anybody that's listening because we all go through tough times in our life. And 
when we go through tough times, it's good to like find somebody that's survived it and that has come out a better person. And I want this to be that resource for people. So it's therapy for me, but I also want it to be a resource for other people. So once, <clears throat> once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, share the episode. If you know somebody that could use this or that could use some of the things that we've talked about here and just spread the word. I really do. I genuinely appreciate all of you guys uh, pitching in and making this episode possible. And I think we're going to keep doing this. So with that being said, thank you guys for everything. And we'll see you guys in the next one. See ya.